Hello, welcome in, thank you for joining us Another episode of Red Rock Sports Welcome on this uh, Groundhog's Day Eve It is Tuesday, February 1st It is February 1st It is, yeah, tomorrow the Groundhog is coming out Punxsutawney Phil Oh, Phil (laughs) He's back He is Uh, I'm Connor Holzkamp, sitting once again in for Jared Who I'm not convinced is ever coming back at this point Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just kidding With all that said, he's coming back next week We hope to see him We we miss him though, we miss Jared I'm keeping his seat warm (laughs) Yeah, the COVID is strong with that one (laughs) <laughs> the hey, we can't, I mean, HIPAA violations, we can't, may or may not be able to confirm if he has COVID or this not. This dude definitely has COVID. It's definitely COVID. So. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, he's doing all right, though, for everyone out there. He's doing good, and he's in good spirits. He's, uh, he's uh, nursing back to health, so he should be back next week. Uh, I'm Connor Holzkamp. Next to me, we got Pro Better. Tyler Walgie. Hello, bloke. Oh, goodness. Hello, mate. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> crocky there, mate. <laughs> Is that, is that the crocodile hunter? Uh, yeah, that, something that Australian? That's Australian. Okay. Walgy was doing his accents before See, I, the show I was started. doing my accents, yeah, about five minutes ago, so I'm in the mood. <laughs> I'm in the mode. But that's the difference. Australian, it's a little sharper, a little harder, compared to the British. A little lighter with the British, you know? A little <laughs> bit I like it. It's good. Yeah. In and out. That, that takes some skill right there. Yeah, you know? All right. And then across from me, as always, we got producer Nick Sopris. Let's go. Producer Nick, always showing up. He's kind of like, uh, you know, like... Uh, uh, kind of like, like Nikola Jokic without all the talent, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like the guy. <laughs> I'm like the guy who gets his paycheck every Friday at the bank. I'm there every day, Friday, 3 p.m. Sharp. You play her. You show up. You're always there. It's fine. And, and what I, I what I sh- what I should clarify, I meant without the basketball talent because mm. Nick's got all sorts of talents, mm-hmm. just uh, uh, not necessarily the basketball talent. So I, would I, would argue, I would argue any talent. I would, <laughs> I would make the argument of any talent. What's actually funny is between the three of us, Nick Soaps could probably take both of us uh, two on one. I think that if speaks more. If it were me and you, happen. I think that speaks more it? to you two than it does to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make that very clear. All right, hey, so yeah. we got uh, Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day tomorrow. Does What's his name? Punxsutawney uh, Phil. Punxsutawney Phil. Okay, there you go. Does Phil see a shadow? Yes or no? Let's go around. Uh, he does the thing where winter goes on longer. <laughs> he does the thing. Where, uh, is that, is that oh, so a shadow? shadow is, yeah, because he has to run uh, back okay. inside, right? All right, yeah. Nick's got shadow. What do you got, Tyler? I'm going to look up the odds first. Oh, okay. I, as you do. Is that something, yeah, that's something you <laughs> can you see do. some odds here. So I'm going to pull that up. Does and Leave it. Leave it. it? Leave it to the professional better to uh, look It up says here U.S. Bookies has it. Bet U.S. has it. So let's see. Oh, Heavy probability he will not see his shadow. Huh. You have to pay three. You have to pay three hundred to win one hundred. Minus three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Minus three hundred that he will. What's it not the other side? See his shadow. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll go no shadow. <laughs> Nick will go shadow. Well, I, I want Tyler, the long Tyler's shot. Not bet here next we're, week. We're betting on rodents. Give me the long <laughs> shot bet here. All right. I like it. Okay. I'm not All seeing right. it on DraftKings. Well, draft. Oh. You're not going to find these on <laughs> yeah. DraftKings. I don't think this isn't the DraftKings type bet, there, buddy. You're going to have to go to the uh, sports books located in Curacao. For I'll, that one. I'll contact support. I'll get back to you guys. Yeah, get yeah, get in touch with support. All right. Hey, well, we got a, we got some sports today, uh, as, as always. We got a nice show for you today. We are going to talk a little bit of Broncos who have hired their new coach since we last talked to all you fine people out there. Nathaniel Hackett, new coach of the Broncos. A uh, couple other interviews coming up for the Broncos. We'll talk a little bit. The Broncos went up for sale today, so that was that was pretty pretty cool. I mean, we all knew that was coming, but it was official. It, it, it's weird how it happens, though. It's more or less just like uh, a house. Like a for sale sign. Yeah, you just put it out there, and before you know it, it's hey, gone. It's, yeah. it's for sale. Should we go around the stadium and put some for sale signs? <laughs> we should. Uh, if I by ever, owner, for sale by owner. You may or may not be allowed to do that. 
Maybe if I'm ever, <laughs> I think if I had one dream in life, like one thing that I would want to accomplish, it would be to own a sports team. Wouldn't oh. that be like the, can you think of anything? Oh, I think all of us Thanks, can Cap. share in that. Yeah. No, no, I'm Come not saying on. like a realist. I'm just saying Hot like, take? I'm pretty no. sure every single <laughs> listener out there I'm and all of ourselves. All right, the show's over, you guys. I'm not, have a trying, to take. I'm not trying to say hey, no one else. This is why you come to Red Rock Sports. I'm just saying, can you guys think of anything else that you would, if you had like one like wish, like an Aladdin genie type situation, but one wish, would you wish anything else but to own a sports team? Uh, I don't know. I, I think flying. I mean, would I be guess you're cool. a trillionaire than <laughs> teleportation. <laughs> teleportation might be pretty nice <laughs> through space yeah. and time. I'd rather right. own the Broncos. So we're gonna talk some Broncos. <laughs> we are gonna talk some Broncos. We're gonna go a little bit Nuggets. Nuggets rolling right now, looking hot. Uh, there are a couple other piece of Nuggets news we're gonna get to, uh, and then. Tyler over here has got a trivia game, game. for yep. for uh, Nick and I. So hey, we should not be remiss. Avs rolling to 15 0 and one in January. Uh, I think that's accurate. Something like that. I think it's eighteen in a row now Spicy. at home. So it's. Uh, I think the all time record, by the way, is twenty three home games in a row. Like all time so, NHL. I think so. Whoa. So. Uh, yeah, Avs, Avs approaching that. Uh, we're probably not going to talk Avs today, though. We went we went a lot uh, last week with the Avs. We'll, we'll keep Tyler coming in here on a regular basis, talk some Avs. Um, Somebody's got to give Jared COVID ASAP again. <laughs> no, no, Bring we do Tyler not wish back. that. We, we do don't not wish it. We just lose media out there. We do not wish that <laughs> to all of our staff. Uh, I would like to remind everyone, too, this is a Woos Media podcast. So uh, you can check out. There's there's a lot of cool podcasts that we encourage you to check out. You can get it at woosmedia.com. That's W-O-O-Z-E media.com. All right, boys, before we get into everything going on today, some news broke today. Brian Flores is suing the NFL, uh, specifically naming several teams uh, for racial discrimination uh, and really stemming from a text message thread that he has screenshotted between him and Bill Belichick. Tough look for Bill. It is, I, and I have it right here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it. So for let, let's quickly set the table again once more. All right. So what happened here? Bill Belichick making a mistake. What I think most of us had made, especially in the old days where texting was a little more complicated and you had to go through more steps. But Bill Belichick accidentally texted the wrong person, the wrong Brian, who, who is the king <laughs> of, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, Mister Twitter Page, and and Facegram. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, nice. yeah, yeah, who doesn't apparently know how to use anything. Well, he proved that. So he accidentally he texted Brian Flores, and he thought he was... He thought he was texting Brian Dable. Uh, and instead, he texts Brian Flores. And Brian so Dable's the new coach of the... Uh, the Giants, who yeah. was the... I believe he's the Bills coordinator. So uh, this is the following text message that kind of is the crux of all this. Ready? So, and quote. Yeah. So here we go. And scene. <laughs> Bill Belichick, once again, thinking he is texting Brian Dable, but actually texting Brian Flores. Officially, and quote. Sounds like you have landed. Congrats! Exclamation points. Brian Flores says, did you hear something I didn't hear? Giants? Exclamation point, question mark, question mark. I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it, though. Bill Belichick comes back. Got it. I hear I hear from Buffalo and New York Giants that you are their guy. Hope it works out for you if you want it to. Brian Flores comes back. Well, that's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, coach. Thank you. Wait a second, coach. Are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. You know, he starts putting it together at this point. Like, okay, wait a second here. Uh, <laughs> Does Bill respond? Got it again. <laughs> and then, and then Bill responds, "Sorry, I effed this up." Although he did not use the bleep there. I effed this up. I double checked and misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. Sorry about that. 
BB. <laughs> Me, Bill oh, Belichick signing off. Oh, man. I, I like how he just signs off. <laughs> he like, should have left the well, conversation. Sorry about that. Bill Belichick. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then he goes, thanks, Bill. <laughs> so that, oh. I mean, how awkward, right? I mean, that is, I, I swear to you, reading that is like one of the most cringeworthy things. Because I think we've all been there oh, where we text the wrong it's person. It's happened to me. It's happened to me before in my dating days. Had a couple people under the same name. And I'm always too lazy to put last names. So if you have the same name, it's going to be tough to distinguish. I texted the wrong person. They didn't realize. It was a whole mess. It was bad. The worst uh, is when you screenshot something funny that your friend said and mean to send it to a different friend uh, and you send it back to the same friend. <laughs> right? <laughs> Been there. Been yeah, there that. that one's good. Uh, you know what I love about that whole exchange, the text exchange, is the part where Brian Flores initially says what, and then Bill Belichick's reaction is to say, Giants? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> as if he doesn't know what's going on. Is it right. Giants? Like, and then he, has another, and he just keeps getting the opportunities to be like, oh, wait, let me check right. and make sure. <laughs> and he just keeps digging himself a hole. So heard your uh, interview was in a couple days. Could have said that. Yeah, it's, it's not, a good, know, not a good look for Do you want to know no. another takeaway? Okay, and this is honestly something you look at as a better, something we should all think about in our evaluation of head coaching hires or free agents, things like that. This is such a fraternity. We all think of it as you play for the Broncos, you hate the Chiefs, you hate the Raiders, you hate the Patriots, you hate everyone else. Everyone knows everyone. They're all in the same club. They're all friends. And that's why it comes down to often in these games, the most minute details, because they know what they're going to do. They know each other. So it's just a good lesson in the sociology of sports. This is going on all the time. I didn't know that... Bill Belichick was good enough friends with the Bills head coach to be texting him like that. They they were supposed to be rivals. You know, it's, there's this whole thing that came out this year. Bill Belichick versus the Bills. Why you should bet on the Patriots and all that stuff. They went one and one against the uh, spread versus the Bills this year. But the point is, there's so much going on behind the scenes. I think that this can be a lesson learned for all of us well, that, that we may not have known before. No, I think that that's a good point. And I think, um, you know, even if you remove the... The crux of this whole thing is that, you know, the racial aspect that Flores is accusing them of. Um, but even if you re- remove it, which I which I wouldn't like say you should remove it, but I'm just looking at it at a different angle. Even just looking at it on face value as one human being was told, you know, these things. Uh, it's interesting that and it's just a terrible look that a coach of a whole different team knows what's going to happen before somebody is even right. interviewed for the position. Yeah. Like that is, a, it's just a bad look all the way around. But that's so. also, I think again, and this is just good information as a sports fan to know this is happening. Yeah. They're, they're we all, we all think that when it's breaking news, ESPN announces so-and-so retires or so-and-so is traded or so-and-so coach is going somewhere else. This has been in the works for likely days. That's why we should all know as fans, when we read a story from the Denver Post or we see a Twitter post from some writer, it's there, there's always someone leaking a story. So ask yourself, who's leaking it? Why would they leak this? What's the point behind it? Because Connor and I have always gone back and forth on this, especially for the Broncos and Nuggets. It's like, well, I read on the Denver Post that, you know, Jokic is whatever, this is an example, but recovering from his injuries, look, it's like, well, okay, who told them to post that? Why did they say that? Like, who's the source? There's always a backstory to why stuff's going on. So again, I just think this is so interesting and a learning lesson for us that there's always these these back channels. What we hear as fans, it's often we're the last domino falling. Yep. And so again, I, I just think it's really interesting. The world of sports, what's going on behind the scenes. No doubt. And so among other things, in the... the uh, 
class action suit that was that was filed by Flores. He accuses the Dolphins GM of bribing him a hundred thousand dollars per loss. Uh, that he got coaching the Dolphins uh, to improve their draft position. And when the team went 5-11, and 11, uh, he was treated poorly and like a failure because he had won five games. Wait so a minute, wait a minute. He was offered 100000 That is the, was one of the accusations, and he says and he And then proof. he lost. God, I would kill for that. And he, didn't he, lose enough. he didn't lose enough, according to... 11 uh, losses isn't enough? It wasn't enough, according to... Uh, apparently, he was... he got friction within the organization and was treated poorly because he did not lose enough. So uh, that's one of the things. And he, I'm not going to go through the whole lawsuit here right now, right? I mean, this is obviously an evolving story. It's going to play out over the next weeks, months, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but one connection that I did want to bring up, talk a little bit about here, was the Broncos, and specifically John Elway was mentioned in the, in the lawsuit. Uh, so I have here, let's see. So again, just to clarify, the lawsuit is stemming because these text messages were sent and, and exchanged before the Brian Flores interview took place. So it, he didn't yep. even get the interview before everyone else knew the job had been filled. Yeah, so apparently... Hence the lawsuit. Right, so essentially... This is proof that they did not take his candidacy seriously right. at all. The Rooney and Rule. There, and they, right. There's the Rooney Rule, which, uh, you know, as we all know, you have to interview a, a, a person of color in order to get through a process, right? And so, um, you know, it, this is just a bad look for the NFL, man. It is... Uh, you know, not not great, but but I want to get to the Broncos angle on this. Mm. Okay, Broncos got caught up in this. Wait, I thought it was between Bill Belichick, Brian Flores. John is definitely involved. Yeah. Oh, no, he is, he is. <laughs> and so there's a. It's like it's like parents who they all their kid is always getting into stuff at school. Uh, little Johnny's in trouble again. Okay, I'll come down. What John, happened John, this time? John's involved for sure. <laughs> if, if something happened, John's involved. John is involved, yes. and so. It also claims this this class action suit claims that this was not the first sham interview, as he calls it. Uh, in 2019, Flores met with the Broncos and then general manager John Elway, CEO Joe Ellis, and other members of the organization. Per the suit, the men for the Broncos showed up an hour late to the interview. Uh, completely disheveled, as it puts it. And it was very disheveled. obvious. Disheveled, that's a good word. <laughs> it is a good word. And Flores accuses that it was very obvious that not only they were, were they an hour late, it was obvious they had been drinking the night before and were just uh, that were very hungover. Relatable. Um, and so... <laughs> uh, so not a good look at all for the Broncos. Now, I do have the... Broncos have actually come out with a statement uh, since here. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, this is a statement from the Broncos in, in these allegations that John Elway and others showed up an hour late and completely hung over. So the allegations from Brian Flores directed toward the Denver Broncos in today's court filing are blatantly false. Our interview with Mr. Flores regarding our head coaching position began promptly at the scheduled time of 7.30 a.m. on January 5th in a Providence, our, uh, Rhode Island hotel. There were five Bronco executives present for the interview, which lasted approximately three and a half hours, the fully allotted time, and concluded shortly before 11 a.m. Pages of detailed notes, analysis, and evaluations from our interview demonstrate the depth of our conversation and sincere interest in Mr. Flores as a head coaching candidate. Our process was thorough, 
and fair to determine the most qualified candidate for our head coaching position, the Broncos will vigorously defend the integrity and values of our organization and its employees from such baseless and disparaging claims. You know, the sad part about this is ignoring the Broncos sort of take on this is Brian Flores, even though he's doing what he believes is the right thing, maybe excluding himself from a head coaching job ever again. That's the worst part about this. Yeah, that's actually true. I mean, that's like the so, biggest negative for him. For so sure. he's actually he's actually came out and said something about that. He made a statement himself, Brian Flores, uh, and said, uh, so Brian For- Flores said, God has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football, but the need for change is bigger than my personal goals. In making the decision to file the class action complaint today, I fully understand that I may be risking coaching the game that I love and that has done so much for my family and me. My sincere hope is that by standing up against systemic racism in the NFL, others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come. So it looks, I mean, he understands this, right? I mean, he he did this with the full understanding that this could very well be costing him the ability to coach again. Yeah, but I mean, look, we have to take this from the approach of being smart, looking at where they're coming from personally. And to me, you know, this all happened at a very interesting time. It's when the text message thread came through from Bill Belichick. Right. The accidental text. I think we have someone who's very, very, very upset at what's going on. He feels scorned from the Miami Dolphins, as he may, you know, as he probably should. He feels like he just got screwed out of an opportunity to coach the Giants, which is a great job. I don't care what people say about the last decade. That's a very good NFL franchise. We can talk about that another day. Connor's giving me a look. (laughs) But I think it's a great job. And he's now left in limbo, and there's musical chairs going on, and he's pissed off. And I necessarily don't blame him because I think right now, and I'll admit, my NFL coach rankings are nothing to where I would certainly, you know, start betting a bunch of money on this, but I do have soft coach rankings and I do trust them a little bit. I think he's roughly a top 10 head coach, like 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 7 to 13. That's where I have Brian Flores. Flores. Yes. Brian Flores, okay. It's crazy to me. He doesn't have a job. It is he's, crazy. I, is I agree. By far, one of the more hireable coaches in the NFL. Josh McDaniels to LA or to the Las Vegas Raiders, that makes sense. This new hire from the Buffalo Bills to the Giants, it makes sense. But if we finish this whole musical chairs and Brian Flores is left out, now we can may, you know maybe say that it's because of this happening recently. I don't think that's that you know necessarily the case. I think it's because something's going on behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I don't think it's very fair to uh, him at all. Yeah, and it's one of those things we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. And interesting for sure. So yeah, it could, could make waves for the for the weeks to come. And just wanted to mention it out there because that did just break right before this. But uh, we do got a lot to talk about today. That, that no, for sure. On the show. Uh, so Denver Broncos, since we last talked to all you fine folks out there, have hired the 18th head coach in Denver Broncos history. My boy, that I was wishing for. Nathaniel Hackett. Hey, there we go. Is he going to be like Michael Malone? Do you call him Nathaniel? Is he Nate? Is he Nat? Is he Nathan? <laughs> is, he Nate is, is there any Nats? Nathaniel, <laughs> Nathaniel's a Nat? nerdy name. That's, that's a dweeb name. That's the guy who you copy off your math homework okay. on. That's like Nelson. Yeah. So so d- d- can I just <laughs> say, after watching this guy's press conference. I same. Yeah, I know what you're about to say. An absolute 180 degree from Vic Fangio. I mean, he could not be more different in terms of his demeanor oh and his God. persona. You are such a fan, dude. Oh, I, well, of course I'm a fan. But that's I'm not fan, what I mean. Baby. What I mean 
is that fans are so binary to where if the new coach is opposite the old coach, oh, it doesn't mean it's a good we're thing. We're all happy. Hey, did it's I say like, that was a good thing? Your, your you tone did. of voice did. implied you it's were not thrilled. what you said. It's you don't how say, you said it. All right, everyone, we're getting right. nine inches of snow. Let me right? clarify. Gonna... Let me okay. clarify. Okay. Okay. I right. like Nathaniel Hackett because of uh, much different reasons. Actually, to be honest with you, oh. his whole demeanor, or his whole demeanor, 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 demeanor very East Coast, his, his whole demeanor, demeanor and persona, I love it. Made me chuckle. No, it made me chuckle. It made me laugh a little bit. I'm like, is this guy really? I mean, did you see? I don't know if you guys saw. He there on Twitter. You you guys should totally go look it up. He is uh, filmed in his first interaction on a Facetime call with Justin Simmons, and it's almost cringy. Like it really is almost cringy watching this guy because he's just like, "Hey, I'm just so excited to talk to you," and blah blah blah. I mean, uh, but with that said. I was just making the observation that he is so different in the way that he interacts uh, with with the media well, and, and, and the way he is. I hate to do this, but I agree with Connor. I understand what you're saying, Walji, but it's really nice to see some what, energy. What, what am I saying? You're the enemy. You're an, you're an enemy right now. <laughs> you're the enemy. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. Minute. I'm excited for a guy that seems like he's excited to be here and it's not so much of an I deserve it like a Vic Fangio. I've earned this after 40 mm. years in the league. I, I, I like that he's excited. I'm not saying it's going to produce results, but it's nice to have a guy that I'm I'd like to for. go back well, to the tape and see where I ever came across to be the. It's the not what you who, said, it's how you said it's it. It's how you said it, Walter. <laughs> Don't you know? I, All right. Well, with that said, though, I, I, he is a very different persona than Vic. That was my first just impression of watching his press conference, right? Uh, the reason, that, and I said this on last show, the reason I liked Nathaniel Hackett is this. Is yeah, it Nathaniel? For, for this? Do we know? It is. It, it is. is. All right. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, <laughs> that's tough. A tough name for him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, one of the reasons I really liked him was because of uh, this whole movement in the NFL towards these, you know, offensive-minded coaches. I, I made the I made the comment last week that three okay. of the four remaining NFL teams. Walgie's upset. Yeah, look at how upset. I'm not upset. in the pot. I think it's it for so general to say offensive. You realize half of the coaches in the NFL are offensive-minded head coaches. Does that mean there's? Half the coaches in the NFL no, are the candidates for the head coach job. Well, just doing that it's thing where he's got his, so his hand pointed. Ridiculous. <laughs> like to a me teacher to that just oh, caught you cheating. He's offensive minded. He's a winner. That that to me is So so judging by uh, the way you're saying this, <laughs> it's not what you I'm say, really like. I'm saying. worked <laughs> over right now. I'm you coming say, in you hot. seem to not like the head coaching hire here. Here's my only take about No, the, I don't like the reasons why everyone else likes that. I actually think it's a very good hire so because I, we might get Aaron Rodgers. I definitely think that's the only reason why I like oh, really, it. Really? Going on last week. I was definitely thinking that Dan Quinn was the safer hire. It certainly seems like Peyton went for it with this hire. Well, I'll say this. I was uneducated about a couple of the other hires, and I have a tendency, as you know, to get behind the mic and freak out. And <laughs> last week, no, I said no, Nathaniel say. Hackett was... I'm not calling him Nathaniel. Uh, oh, I think we have to call him Nathaniel. <laughs> I, I said Coach Hackett there, wasn't there, the yeah. choice, but... I didn't know anything about him. And in the subsequent week, right, where I get to learn about him and hear all these national opinions and hear what people have to say about him, my opinion has really changed. Well, well, grown. It, it, it's developed. And I think he's a really good, smart football mind. I think he's a people person. Because as a head yep. coach, you don't have to be, unless you're you know, one of these intricate guys who are really involved, you don't have to be a great play caller. Okay, but don't tell Broncos country out there that he's a leader of men. Just don't do well, it because I mean, that's what we heard with Vance. All right, but but I'm hearing some of those things. I and know, he's I know. a great person. But all right, let me give you one reason why I'm excited. Give us two it, reasons. It, one reason why I'm excited and one reason why I'm not excited. Okay, Nick, does yeah. that work for you? It works for us. Reason why I'm excited <laughs> is because of the dreaded word potential. Okay, he has been 
with a very, very elite offensive-minded staff the last couple of years. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, he's been a lot of, around a lot of really good offensive minds that have clearly been able to win, okay? That's the positive. The negative, I'm going to go a little deeper here, and Connor, I, I really want to get your thought on this. Aaron Rodgers came out a year ago, and this was a year ago before any of this was you know, going to be you know, public that he was leaving or and Nathaniel Hackett was coming to Denver or anything like that. And... Aaron Rodgers said in an interview, Nathaniel Hackett's my guy. I love Nathaniel. I have so much respect for him. And you know what? I don't ever want him to go unless I go somewhere. Then that I that, that was actually in November of last year. So it November was after, last year. So it was actually after the, the whole thing happened with him trying to force a trade Okay, out. thank you for the correction, okay? Because yeah. that actually kind of goes more to what I'm saying here. Aaron Rodgers, if you guys have paid attention to this guy his entire career, he is... A, he is very difficult to work with. He is extraordinarily stubborn. His whole MO has been his best players for years, decades. The ones who have gone into Fox, ESPN, CBS Sports have really not had a lot of good things to say about him. And the one thing I've taken away from Aaron Rodgers, I hope he's our quarterback. I hope he do. I, I hope he is. I'm not saying that he's a horrible guy, but I'm saying he surrounds himself with yes men in his private circle, and he surrounds himself in, in his professional circle with yes men, people who make his job easier. I don't take Aaron Rodgers' advice or what he said about people in the past seriously at all. He has been pretty much 0 for 7 for his recommendations for head coaches or coordinators in the past. It's all people who he has been able to get away with what he what he gets away with. We all have friends like this that want to surround themselves with people who tell them they're doing a good job no matter what, or... Do you want to surround yourselves with friends who tell you the truth and what you want to hear? Aaron Rodgers consistently surrounds himself with people who are yes men and only want to make him feel good, feel better. And I believe, I, I, and I'll wrap this up in a minute, but I believe that Aaron Rodgers saying that about Nathaniel Hackett only means that he's more of a pushover. He's more of a yes man. He's not necessarily the strong head coach everyone expects him to be, but he's more of a going to get bulldozed very easily. So if, I think that's a negative. If that's what it takes to get Aaron Rodgers as a pushover. No, I but that's why it's a good thing. Okay, Let's so, get A-Rod over it and he'll run the offense. Okay, so, so it's interesting that you're, that you know, and this, I did want to talk about the Aaron Rodgers connection here. I actually don't think this does, abso- I, I think it does absolutely nothing to, to further the Broncos case for Aaron Rodgers. I really don't. I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not a free agent. So at the end of the day, it does not even matter like at all. It matters if Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded, if he's going to get traded, he's going to go to wherever has the most, you know, the best offer to give the Packers. Now, granted, if but the Broncos are clearly that team. Uh, yeah, and it's yeah. because yeah. last year, again, behind the scenes, right? The whole Bill Belichick thing, the Packers came out and said, if we're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, you better have okay, picks. But let me ask you this. Then Tyler. we got rid of. Let, let me, let me ask later. you this, though. Let me ask you this. Do you think. Aaron Rodgers, in terms of the Broncos wanting to go out and get Aaron Rodgers, played any role whatsoever in this hire? Yes. See, I, I disagree. I don't think oh, it did. Oh, you're Connor. blind if you disagree. Boo. I don't. Yeah, boo. Boo. Hey. How do you not think that factored in somewhat, even 5% of the decision? Not even 1%, oh, I, I'm Connor. sure they talked I mean, about Aaron Rodgers in their interview process. I'm sure that that was mentioned. I'm not even saying about. that. I'm saying behind the scenes. Right. The, the people who made the decision said, you know what, if it's between, if it's 51% Hackett, 49% someone else, maybe we can get Aaron Rodgers if it's Hackett. Let's go with him over Dan Quinn. 
Yeah. So I, I think I mean, it did factor. So in. so I guess I guess we'll uh we'll never really know to be to be fair. I mean we'll know here by the start of the twenty twenty two season. No, see, I, I think if there's any other leaked text messages, we'll definitely know. <laughs> <laughs> Someone I, should ask Bill now. Uh, yeah, something stuck out to me. You guys, while I was watching the the press conference of Nathaniel Hackett, they actually asked. You know, of course, some people did. You know, they did. They did a great job in mentioning Aaron Rodgers by name. You know, in this press conference, which I call him A Rod. I'm real original that way. So one thing I thought that was if we call him twelve, twelve. One thing I thought that was interesting, they asked about, uh, you know, uh, what's your relationship like with Aaron Rodgers? Has he uh, has he been supportive through all this? And what what's one you know what's one thing you've learned from working with Aaron all these years, right? Or for for a couple of years, right? And he goes, he goes, um, well, the one thing about, and I'm paraphrasing here, sure. but he goes, the one thing about Aaron Rodgers is you better be prepared to answer any question he has because he's going to throw all sorts of questions at you and you better be prepared to give to give an answer. And what was so interesting about that to me was that's like the exact same thing that we heard about Peyton Manning. Like, it's the exact same thing you heard. Like, when you talk to Mike McCoy, he was like, well, he's going to throw questions at you and you have to give an answer because because he is that involved with wanting to make sure that everything is buttoned up. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know, a little bit, well, a little he, bit Hey, of, he has a one Super Bowl to prove for it, so apparently that's very effective. Well, hopefully, hopefully too. You know, you, you have a lot of hate towards this guy. I'm just saying, we all we, we, we treat him like some good... Well, Aaron Rodgers he's does this man. and that. He's won a Super Bowl. Now, my thing that's is... Right? And it was 10 years ago. Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino can say. But Ooh, this, whole, this whole approach where he gets the whole control of everything... I see See, I Does disagree with you. I, I think that he just needs, I think it's at the point where he just obviously needs a change of scenery, so much friction with Green Bay. You just got to let the guy, new leaf, turn it over. You got your you got so, your guy as the head coach calling the plays. Let, but let he's play. only played with Green Bay. Do you not think there will be friction anywhere he goes? Is he not so. the Russell Westbrook of the NFL? Oh, uh, no. I don't no. think that at all. No. 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 What a, no. I'm well, sorry. We, well, I mean, you guys, <laughs> you guys, you guys like venomously disagree, though. but what evidence do we have that he's not? I want a championship. I would agree that I would agree well, that he's hard to work with. I would I'm, agree. I'm, I'm talking about in the locker room. What he means to a team. The, not, well, not, the players love him. The players love Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's the difference. Is I think when you have a guy that is obviously frustrated, you drafted Jordan Love rather than give the guy an offensive weapon. I mean, how is that not going to frustrate not, a guy? I'm not so sure the players do love Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I've heard a lot of uh, the tight end, uh, Jermichael Finley. Finley. Yeah, Finley. He came out on ESPN. He's like, dude's tough to work with. Dude is tough. I, to I've work heard with. that, but you know what? You've also you heard never same. hear anyone you, say that about Peyton Manning. You do. You no, no, do. no, no, no. What you, you hear about Peyton Manning is great guy, best quarterback of all time, amazing leader. Is he tough to work with? Yes, but we love him. What you hear about Aaron Rodgers is leading statement. Man, is he tough to work with? Now, is he a winner? Yes, but man, the guy's tough. It's totally different. I have not heard anything about any other quarterback than I have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I've heard he's extraordinarily tough to work with. He does, but he also has he also has plenty of teammates come out in vehement defense for him. But I, mean, I want him here. <laughs> I want him here. Now, having said all that, bring him to town. Bring Aaron Rodgers here because our odds of winning a Super Bowl go from no, nothing no. to very we're contenders. So bring him to town. You know, I don't have to love the guys. I just think Personal. I think the biggest fallout if with the Green Bay Packers is they continuously drafted guys that were not conducive to Aaron Rodgers winning a Super Bowl in the now. And I think that's the biggest issue. Again, I don't follow the Green Bay Packers vehemently, 
Is it, is it vehemently <laughs> or vehemently? Is, is, is he pronouncing the H yeah. a little too much? Is it, is it soft? Vehemently. Anyways, <laughs> I think when you draft... I think now, you're you, just adding extra syllables. I think when you yeah. draft guys that are not conducive to immediate success for Aaron Rodgers that knows he's in his prime, prime is fading, and it, you know Tom Brady just played to 44, so he's probably got four or five more years left. So when you draft guys that aren't conducive to Aaron Rodgers winning now, that's going to cause friction. That's a great point. I think that's everything here is the Packers build on the draft. They're not a big free agent team. And defensive. Aaron, well, how long was it before they drafted an offensive player not named Jordan Love? I think exactly it was like right. I think it was like nine years. And he looks like at Denver or these other teams. He goes, look what they're doing. Look who they're bringing in. Look at when Peyton Manning went there. They bring in a keep to leave DeMarcus Ware. They're bringing their hey, he wants that. Keep leading. Keep the lead, man. Hey, hey, we gonna win the game. Well, look, 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 look. <laughs> keep the lead. Hey, don't you be talking bad about Lieb over here, all right? Keep we, we all love Lieb. on fire with his impersonation. Hey, he is. You know, that's my best one. Uh, keep. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you know, we. I'm sorry to get worked up, guys. I come on. No, it's okay. I come in here. For, well, what? Jared gets worked up. Yeah. Just, so I just, yeah, I'm just trying to be Jared. Yeah. I'm trying to do yeah. my my just, uh, Jared impression. Well. I'm going to maintain that I disagree with you that the Aaron Rodgers coming to, oh, to Denver you mean, had you mean anything Nathaniel to do. Hackett. You mean Nathaniel Hackett. I, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's hire had anything to do with Matt them. Hackett. With, I, with, with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because I, I think if it did, then that is a terrible move. I mean, I don't think if you are correct on that, then what the heck are we doing here? Why Why would you, why can't you pick have both? a head coaching candidate? Why can't you have both? I think we need to distinguish this. What if it was 50% of the hire yeah. compared to 5% of the hire? That's why, a why can't right? you have a guy that you think is an offense Stud that you like his interview that thought he crushed the interview. You like his but energy. Also, you like, right, but yeah. also, what if it was? Yeah, is is Bud with a rod exactly? With See, it could have been a small part of it. That's it could, it, it could have been a small part in terms of uh, finding someone that meshes with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. So you know, we, we, I could see it, but I don't know. I I, I still don't think it's the general point to be made. I want to be clear because I'm not going to be on next week. Who knows how long until you guys have me on again? I want to be clear with my point. I think there's a lot of reasons that we shouldn't necessarily think Super Bowl immediately. However, yeah. I do have question marks about Nathaniel Hackett, but if we get Aaron Rodgers, everything I've said is minute. Everything goes out the window. If we land A-Rod, who, yes, has his own issues, I am stoked. Let's go Broncos. <laughs> Super Bowl next year. Oh. I am all in. And I, and so that's the whole thing. And I think me. that there's, uh, you know, as you said, question mark. I think... I think there would be question marks with any single person that you would hire, right? I mean, I think you could drum up question marks about it pretty much there any coach. There are far coach, fewer, right? in my opinion, with Dan Quinn. But as I often say, I wasn't in the locker room. I wasn't in the meeting room. I don't know yeah, the, that, no, the details fair. about these guys. So I'm going to leave it up to uh, George, George Payton, Payton, right? George Payton is... So much smarter than me than anything NFL related. At this point, let's leave it up to well, him. Well, he's privy to all the information that we're not privy exactly. to. Exactly. So, so got to trust him. made the right choice. Got to trust uh, him. You know, I like I like Nathaniel Hackett's background in terms of he's worked coaching with special teams. He's worked with uh, different sections of the offense. He's worked with he worked I think six years with QA doing it's analytics. It's the same thing as the CEO being the mail boy at one point. Right. You've got to do all the jobs. What is so. it? Undercover boss? Exactly. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I like and I like that he brings all these perspectives. I mean, he worked six years, and you know I'm a you know I I have value data as in terms of one of my arguments. Yeah, definitely. So take that for data. <laughs> and, and so I like that he worked as a, as a QA assistant, working with data analytics for six years. That's how he got his feet wet in the in the NFL. And so, or actually, it was even in college. Um, so he, I just like how he. 
brings he seems to bring much more rounded experience than we've gotten um, with Vic Fangio, who has basically always been on the defensive side of the ball, right? Uh, so I do like that. And hey, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to see where this goes. Let's see what happens. And uh, Matt Hackett, yeah, so. I'm excited too. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> Nate Hackett, and, and another uh, another product Matt. of the Matt King Cool, <laughs> another product of uh, the West Coast offense tree, which is oh, which wow. is good here in Denver. We we love it. <laughs> um, they yeah, are, no one runs that anymore. <laughs> it is. It is new. I don't know if you've heard of it. Well, I mean, what? What? It's, it's, it's basically either the spread or the or like, yeah, either the West Coast or West Coast, right? <laughs> but but I like that we're sticking with run, West yeah. Coast, right? So, um, uh, Clint Kubiak. That's the last thing I want to mention here. Was was interviewed by the Broncos or is getting brought into interview uh, by the Broncos? He was offensive coordinator for Minnesota. Uh, still employed, but obviously their head coaching positions in flux. So he's basically unemployed. Um, what do you think about it? Any, any thoughts on that? The Broncos have never won a Super Bowl without a Kubiak. I know <laughs> the first time I learned that Clint Kubiak existed was today reading the outline for the show. Oh, okay. So I have zero to say. I hope he's good. I love the Kubiaks. I mean, come on now. We, we love Kubiak. Besides here, that, in, in I don't have really much to add at all. All right. um, I wish I could run the table. Minnesota's offense was suspect. No, that's do what I do have to add. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't say this offense was bad, therefore he's bad. You I can't didn't do that. say that. What I said is you're implying offense- it. Oh, you didn't let me finish. Okay, I didn't. I interrupted. You definitely did. They're <laughs> offense- saucy today. Yeah, it's he's nice. very saucy. It's great. Their, their offense was suspect. I feel like Kirk has differing opinions based on whether you look at stats or whether you look at actual games. So I think he's I think he's new enough to where we don't know what we don't know. Just depends on the interview. And does Nat like him? Where's the butt? I was expecting a butt. Well, and I don't this think I could be I, I don't the think, next, you know. No, we can't sit here and act like we we have done thorough in-depth. If anybody listening to the show is has an actual <laughs> right take on, on, Clint on, Kubiak, on Kubiak, I have, Kubiak. Prob- I have a problem with you as a fan because you have not satin you can't give me a detailed handle <laughs> right no no doubt uh last thing i want to mention on, on the hack at higher before we move on you know, a little bit oh uh, sorry you know it's, it's like you know clint kubiak runs more draws and i like that because <laughs> on third and on third, heavy formations on third and four he's just known he's for just that so draw. Good. he loves options <laughs> he loves read options Who knew clint kubiak before this look i love the kubiak name but i got no idea hey no. uh uh little known fact Ooh. about gary kubiak when he won the super bowl driving on the way back he flew commercial that's, it. Now, That's my step. There you go. But hey, I have yeah, a theory Gary, about that. Is that a stat of the week? Bonus? No, no, I wish it was. I have a theory <laughs> about that. I think rich people fly commercial because you don't get uh, peanuts <laughs> on the normal plane. So if you're a really big fan of peanuts, you don't well, get peanuts any either. You get, you get uh, pretzels. Che- well, you get Chex Mix. Chex Mix oh, and pretzels you now. Yeah, you know the problem you know yeah, no with peanuts. the COVID is you don't even get drinks. Like, yeah, uh, unless no. I'm sneaking on whiskey. Well, it's like, what? It's got a couple of these morons <laughs> or, you know, wanting to fight flight attendants. One person ruins it for everyone. Again, and, and all of a sudden take away from the a... show, bring shooters. I'll take a Coke. I'll <laughs> oh, actually take goodness. two Cokes. Extra ice. No, Thanks. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. well, you, right. you guys need to start having like an inside yeah. like La- segment. Last question here yes. on, on yes. Hackett before we move on. Uh, do you have any concern whatsoever that uh, the Broncos have hired another head coach who will be calling the plays on one side of the ball? No. No? no? Okay. No, I, I don't either. It, it's just not... something that people are talking about on no. Twitter. There seems to be some sort of concern uh, amongst some Broncos country. It will be nice. 
hey, this is what we've seen, and that's it's not what, working. That's what people do who don't understand. <laughs> you can't correlate anything that matches up. Well, I, mean, I mean, look at Andy If Reed, last you know, Thursday they, rained, you know, and the Thursday before it rained, it doesn't mean this Thursday is going to rain. If there's one nice that, thing... That, that's a misapplication no, no of information. The, the nice thing is that we should be seeing a little bit more modern of an offense. That is the true takeaway for me. If... Nat is calling the plays. It yeah. should be a little bit more. I think so. I, I say more, maybe less predictable in regards. Run, run. But can we all pass. agree if Aaron Rodgers comes in here, Aaron Rodgers is the offensive coordinator. Like, that's, oh, you, oh, that's you mean I get, oh, you mean I guaranteed get 11, 12 wins? Yeah, let's go. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sign not, me up. Maybe sign not me the AFC sure. West. No. We're, this is the toughest division in football. Now, that's like, interesting. If, if Aaron Rodgers does come to Denver, is he even the second best quarterback in yes. this division? He's not even close. Uh, He's at minimum, at minimum the second best. At minimum well, the second, but probably you know, tied for first. A lot of the numbers people who I talk to don't care. Say Aaron Rod- and I know you don't care, but let me finish. <laughs> a lot of the numbers people I talk to say Aaron Rodgers has two years left. I don't care. I'm just saying. Hey, he I doesn't say he that. Give me two years, yeah, and I'm he in. Doesn't, okay. He doesn't really scramble. He does run, but he doesn't scramble anymore. All that it takes is Aaron Rodgers with the rock. Broncos are winning at minimum double. Digits. I want him to. I want him to. I'm just. I'm just throwing facts out that's there. That's not facts. It was more. That's of just it. like. <laughs> that's just that. like your opinion, man. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, hey, let's let's wrap up this hacking conversation. Uh, the before we move off the, the NFL, dude. though. Yes. We do have a Super Bowl coming up. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, L.A. Rams. Who day? We will be doing a bit more of an end. We'll talk a little more Super Bowl when Jared gets back. Jared, you got to wait for Jared. We will. We will for sure. But I do want to every prop bet that exists. So, yes, I'm glad you brought that up because we do have professional better Tyler Walji in the house. Heads. I, heads. I would be remiss if I did not ask Tyler to just go through a couple early prop bets that he kind of likes. What What are you seeing out there in the prop bet market? I know some of these are really fun. Some of them are a little more serious than others. Uh, maybe, Tyler, just give the audience a little bit of your thoughts in general on Super Bowl prop bets and then maybe a couple you like. I have a very serious question to ask, Tyler. Yes. Over on the national anthem this year. Mm, okay, so the, lock of the week. <laughs> we don't have the time yet. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Nick. So a lot of the prop bets for the Super Bowl that I like to make, that a lot of the professionals like to make, aren't out yet. They won't oh. come out till Thursday, Friday, maybe that. even Saturday of this week. So what they do is they release a lot of bets all at once. And look, if you want to stay tuned and, and, and know what bets I really like, listen to my podcast. It's called Sports Betting Daily. Every single day on your favorite podcast player, Sports Betting Daily. You can also type in Woo's Media, as Connor said earlier er, uh, earlier on the show, W-O-O-Z-E, earlier, media.com. Anyway, so I've got a couple bets played so far. I have eight prop bets, and I've all got right, a couple overall bets. Yes. Uh, but God, oh, he will place many more. But I'm instead sure of just of giving bets out, let me let everyone know what to look for. In general, when you're making your Super Bowl bets, you want to make bets that have two options. Yes, no, over, under. Those are by far the best bets to make. Give it the worst ones. Give like one. Give an example of like one that you well, want. Well, that with. actually goes into it. The reason why those are the best bets to make is because they can't hide any bad prices in there. If you see... Option A or option B, and both are minus 130. You're going to be like, I'm not paying minus 130 for this bet, right? But they get away with that with multi way markets. Now, a multi way market, and I'm not going to go too in detail. Again, if you want to know about this, listen to my show, Sports Betting Daily. But if you, a multi way market is anything with multiple outcomes, MVP, 
first touchdown score. Oh, those are my favorite. The color of Gatorade <laughs> that will be dumped on the head coach. Okay, these all are all, yeah, yeah, all my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yellow, these are obviously. all multi-way markets because they pay what is perceived to be a high payout: ten to one, thirteen to one, fifteen to one. The only issue is with these bets. It is such a heavy household that your chances of winning the correct amount of money are gone. So here's my thing is as a rule, 364 days of the year, follow this advice, follow the advice of bet smart, bet with math, bet with true, correct odds, and don't ever be an idiot with your money. However, one day of the year, bet with your heart. Super Bowl Sunday. I always say, if you want to have yellow gator, if you want to have some red fun, have some fun. Bet on so, tails. Joe, Mi- Joe Mixon first tutty. What I say on my show and what I tell all my buddies and things like that. If you know the math and you understand what's going on, who cares? Fun is fun. The reason why I will have a first touchdown bet this year is because I go to a Super Bowl party in Las Vegas with all my with all my good friends, and to me, the value of making a bet and enjoying it, the fun, the excitement, being with your buddies, that to me is worth 10, 15, 25, whatever you decide to bet. 225. Maybe 500 (laughs) dollars. And so the point is, it's all about what money means to you and the value of money. So in general, most of the time in the year, don't make a living or don't make a habit every weekend betting NFL first touchdown. You're going to go broke very quickly. But for the Super Bowl, who cares? Have some fun. But just know in general the math behind that, how it works. And Nick, I know you're upset. I know you love those. First tutties are bay. I know. Heads. I like heads heads this year. The way I put it, and just a a quick example, is I, and this is the best way to get it across to even my girlfriend who doesn't know what the hell I do for a living, is if we were to flip quarters... And every time it's heads, you give me a dollar. Every time it's tails, I give you a dollar. That's a risk-free bet, right? That's what we're looking for in sports betting. Well, what these multi-way, well, what sports betting does is sports betting says, okay, let's flip heads, tails. Every time it's heads, you give me a dollar. Every time it's, or excuse me, every time it's heads, I give you a dollar. Every time it's tails, you give me a dollar and three cents. That's not a, the best bet ever, is it? No one would really sign up for that, but that's what sports betting is in a nutshell, okay? is it, If you're the average better, you are behind the sports book about $0.03 cents per dollar. And, now, and to use that analogy on the multi-level market, with inflation, you're essentially four. saying, you know, in this outcome, we're giving you a dollar. The other outcome, I give you a dollar fifty. Well, well, it's not that much. Right? It's essentially the exact same thing. If, if it's heads, Nick, you pay me a dollar twenty. If it's tails, I pay you a dollar. That's what these multi-way markets do. I actually went out on my show and calculated the bet MGM household for the first touchdown score for the Super Bowl, 20.4%. 20%. So what that means essentially to make this easy for everyone is if you choose to play a game where we're flipping coins and every time it's heads, you give me a dollar 30 or a dollar let's say 30 if it's tails, I give you a dollar. If you want to do that, bet first touchdown. Bet those long shot odds, right? But in general, you want to know the math. You want to know what to avoid, what to go for. Those aren't great bets overall. However, as I said, Super Bowl, not that bad. All right. So with that said, uh, it's good advice. Good advice. And everyone yeah. should listen to your podcast where you teach people how and, to make these And that's bets. the thing. I'm, I'm trying to cram in so much info into like five minutes. I know. You, we I, know. See, going. I ask but you to listen do these things. to Sports Betting Daily. And as a matter of fact, on today's show, I talk about this exact thing. Multi-way markets, the math 
how to calculate it yourself, what to look for. And so I would recommend listening to that show. Do you want to hear maybe a couple bets? I yeah, yeah. How about we... just a few good prop bets, then we'll move on. Okay, a few, and these few are available right, now. right and, now. And again, maybe not DraftKings, maybe not uh, BetMGM or FanDuel or any of those. But like Caesars. No, not Caesars. These are going to be on oh, the offshore. Uh, uh, Bavara or Bet Online, or there okay. are a couple I can recommend. All right, I like uh, during the Super Bowl. Will the price of Bitcoin go up or down? Mm. I like go down. It's gone down four of the last five Super Bowls, and the reason Ooh. is non-American traders are trading, and they're much more likely to sell historically. Uh, now, multi market. Can I give a stipulation? And and I will teach this on my show. If you listen to it, I, I talk about this in detail. If you're gonna bet uh, anything, know what the price should be. If you're gonna bet Cooper Cup for a touchdown, oh god, what a bet! Know what you think the price should be. Okay, plus one. 000. I think a good bet, which is a multi-way market for uh, what color Gatorade will be dumped. Blue is five to one, Ooh. and blue has been three of the last four Super Bowls. And I think the LA Rams win. LA Rams blue five to one. <laughs> Sign me up. Blue is cha-ching. an under- <laughs> Blue is an underrated tasty flavor okay and then two more only two more my next one how many players will attempt to pass i have over two and a half last oh. three super bowls there has been a trick play where someone's attempted to pass the Rams Actually, like to is it that. a completed pass or is it an attempted pass attempted pass over two and a half pays plus 105 oh, so i like that tough and then finally this is probably my favorite will there be a roughing the passer call at any point in the game plus 110 whoa yes all right. Yes, plus 110. Whoa. Let's go. I love this time of the year. Listen, <laughs> Sports Betting Daily. That's like my fifth plug. Yeah, but plug it again. Sports Betting Daily, <laughs> wherever you listen to this Where podcast. Where at, though? Uh, wherever you listen to this show. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you, Tyler. Uh, and uh, good good advice there. It was a lot of we'll info. We'll convoluted. Get yes. No, it's, yes. Good. it's good. So uh, we'll get a little more on the Super all Bowl next he- week. All when- that I hear is that you need to put the anytime teddy on more than one player. There you go. That's my takeaway. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. 100%. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll talk a little more Super Bowl when Jared comes back. So uh, without further ado, let's move to these Nuggets. The Nuggets have been on fire. They've won 10 of their last 13 games. Uh, they are now seven games over 500. They are one game as we stand right now. Um, They're one game out of the fourth place Utah Jazz, who are who are falling with, with oh, injuries and, okay. and stuff. Oh. So, um, yeah, they, they've been playing really good basketball and Nicole Nicole Jokic has has been on fire as we mentioned last show but uh, they've been playing really good basketball so um you know we're gonna talk a little bit about them uh actually uh I got an interesting little tidbit here for you oh tidbit okay yes it's time for stat of the week the Nuggets this season are 20 and 5 against teams that are under 500 they are 20 wins, 5 losses against teams under 500. Against teams that are over 500 though, they're 8 and 16. So, Ooh. um yeah, right, right. So, uh that that's the stat of the week right there. So, I bring this up to say something that's interesting is in past years, meaning the past just couple years for the Nuggets, they've actually had a lot of a lot of trouble, like more trouble than they should have against these these teams that are under five hundred, and they lose a lot of those games that at the end of the season come back to bite them. Um, on on the surface, you might hear those numbers and say, "Wow, that's really not good." Like then you know the Nuggets are in for some trouble. Um, 
But I don't think so. I think it's actually showing that the Nuggets right now, who are, let's just face it, they're severely undermanned. They have their the second and third best player out. I think they're actually playing really good basketball. And and what, what do we say good teams do, right? What, what do good teams do? They they take care of the games that they're supposed to win, right? That's one of the things that good teams do, right? They take care of those games. Okay. Um, I'm not really all that concerned with the 8-16 and 16 record on, on teams above 500. And the reason is... They are playing these games without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter, and they may get one or both of them back for the playoffs. Um, and so, okay, but you can't do that. You can't say they're <laughs> playing without Porter Jr. They're playing without uh, uh, who you know, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray, several players. Yet we expect these outcomes, and they're going to be okay. Well, so it's they, one or the other. It's either the Nuggets are a below average. We don't. It, we, we this is. Exp- but you're saying. No, no, no. This should be expected. This isn't a big deal, but we're missing all these players. That's why it's happening. So it's like, which is it? Well, uh, it's it's a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's the, um, you know, it's just, I guess I, I would put it this way. You, you have to at least understand that when you're looking at these numbers, that the Nuggets are not at full health and they will be at full health potentially for the playoffs. Right? So then why wasn't your lead into this? The Nuggets are 8 and 16 against teams over 500, but... That's okay, because they are banged up. They're going to get healthy. Your whole thing is, oh, that's like short-term. Doesn't matter. They're going to be fine. Well, clearly, that, 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 that does matter. I Personally, I just think we just got to get to a point where we have all of our starters playing. People are healthy. We at least have a somewhat healthy-ish Jamal Murray. I think we're literally just trying to get to the playoffs. Jokic, out of his mind. I'm just happy that the Nugs are fifth, fifth seed, two games back from Utah, seven games back from Memphis, about to go into the All-Star break. I like where we're at. No, no I, I agree. No. I just feel like the way he painted it was, hey, we should be doing a lot better. We're not right about the fact is we shouldn't be doing better because we don't have our um, team. Well, it's, but I think, but I think the fact that they're winning the games that they're supposed to win shows that they're they're doing what they need to do to put themselves in a position to where once they have their team back at the end of the year, I think they're going to be all right. Okay. Um, I, I also want to. I mean, I also think we should at least note that. In this streak, during this streak, they have blown out the defending world champion Milwaukee Bucks, and they and they beat uh, Brooklyn Nets, who were okay. Granted, the, the Brooklyn Nets were without their three best players, so I don't know if you can necessarily look at that as a measuring. The stick. Brooklyn Nets are like day old, a uh, really expensive pizza, or the day before it's like got the gold flakes on it. But you're paying two fifty for a pizza. You heat it up, and, it, and the the crust yeah, is so all. And the bad. next day, it's just it's just you but, can't even eat it. But so what? If, that's that's a Nets. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. It's a good yeah. analogy. Uh, so, uh, but so what? What we've been saying all year, right? On the on this show, and, and actually, everyone is, we're not unique in this. Everyone's been saying all year the Nuggets just need to put themselves in a position, preferably with home court for the for the playoffs. Get Jamal Murray back, and then let's go, right? And, and I guess my point by saying this is that they are doing this. They are putting themselves in that position. Now, here, here's another little tidbit for you. They have 33 more games to play. The Nuggets do. 10 of those games, 10 of those 33 are against teams that are 500 or above. That's uh, it? That's it. Wow. Uh, 23 of those games are, are with low, under 500 teams. So I see the Nuggets doing what they have to do and putting themselves in a position to be in that fourth seed, hopefully, uh, which is what our prediction was at the beginning of the year. Then you get Jamal Murray and let's go. I mean, anything's fair game at that point, you know? No, I mean, I think so. If they can put themselves in that position, so it's Golden State, Phoenix, and then who else will be the three? Memphis. Memphis. Dallas is hot. Okay. LA is, LA is hanging 
on. I mean, dude, honestly, you know what's funny? <laughs> the is Lakers? Right, is right yeah. now, from this point of view in the season, this may sound weird because the Nuggets have had much better teams at this point. But given that the Suns are young, can be fragile, that Golden State, one player goes down from injury, or if they get cold, which, look, over a seven-game series, that's why they play seven games. Not that likely to happen. But my point is here, maybe we're looking at a situation with the Nugs that we haven't been looking at in a long time where maybe they're in a good spot to make a run from sort of this unknown place. Well, and Jokic is playing out of his mind. I think that's 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 the crazy part is you just can't really quantify, I think, uh, the MVP tracker. I think right now he's like a... I hate to say heavy favorite, but he's certainly. But is. We agreed. Uh, they, he's not going to win it. The story isn't I, there. I, I the voters. So those. I agree. Those. Uh, those. I can't remember what side it is. The side that does the percentage odds um, based off of all the data, and it's not an opinion thing. It's just like a statistical analysis. They have Jokic at about forty three percent, and the next highest I believe is eleven percent. Get for, for out MVP. of here. Yeah, it's. But that's talking about statistics, right? Because we all agree. If but, it came down to, but, but it's not just statistics, Tyler. It's it's using statistics to predict based off of what all the other MVP winners have done. No, no, no. But it's also the story. It's right, also who they want to vote there, for. There is the it's narrative, also, yeah, right? That, and there's voter fatigue, and Connor, that's all playing into Con- it, no doubt. Connor, I'm sure Nick would agree. Without the narrative, Jokic wins it this year. <laughs> like if there's aliens voting on this, or if there's computer determining this, it's Jokic. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how. The only reason he does is because of the story. If if somehow the Nug can get into like a 3-4 spot, Murray gets hurt again or something like that, maybe. I, I don't necessarily see it. I mean, he's definitely a top three, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, he is, just just to put it out there, in, t- in this year, right now, this is where his stats have gotten up to. It's, it, it really is absurd. You just have to say it sometimes to be like, wow, uh, 26.6 points per game. 13.2 rebounds per game, nine assists, nine assists. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and he's shooting 60% field goal percentage, 60%, uh, 43% from three point and 88% from three free throws. Yeah. It's he's unreal. Really, I mean, really it good. is, it is unreal, he is man. The goofiest superstar I've ever watched, but also the most satisfying from like a true basketball perspective. You mess with Nikola Jokic, you mess with Jokic, but all <laughs> Yeah. Hey, that's very true. It's good good to put it out there. Uh, uh, another thing I want to talk about with the Nuggets. So, so some we've talked about MPJ. We've talked about uh, uh, Jamal Murray coming back. So something that just came in a couple of days ago, Denver Nuggets were granted a two point seven. Uh, million dollar disabled player exemption. Uh, so, uh, just for those out there that might not, uh, you know, what does no, that mean? Okay, what it means, what it means is that um, a NBA appointed doctor came and evaluated Michael Porter Jr. and determined that he is quote significantly more likely than not to not be able to play until June fifteenth. That's what that means. Now, if the Nuggets were to use that exemption, right, meaning they get this $2.7 million extra to play with without hitting the luxury tax, right? If they were to use it to sign somebody like a Boogie Cousins or maybe even before the February 10th trade deadline to bring somebody else in and sign them, if they use that exemption, then Michael Porter Jr.'s season is effectively... It's over. That He cannot come back this year. So there is some speculation... From, from the people in the national media that say, hey, this is a heavy indicator, a very heavy sign that Michael Porter Jr. is not coming back. Uh, but then you go look at some of the local media saying, hey, pump your brakes. That does not necessarily mean that. The Nuggets are just giving themselves options by applying for that exemption, right? And they may not even use it. 
So I think we're going to know a lot in, in the coming weeks, seeing if they use that exemption or not. And I think it'll be, you know, it'll be a pretty heavy indicator as to where they feel MPJ is. What do you want to see so, them do? So, well, here's, here's the thing is they have until March 10th to use it. And like Connor said, it just gives them options. There are reports that he is healing or progressing towards returning pretty, pretty nicely. So it's not necessarily that he's out, but it does give the Nuggets the... I mean, what can you really do with 2.6 but or 2.7, whatever it is? Sign uh, boogie. Yeah, sign boogie, I guess. I mean, that's what you can do. Uh, and what do, what do you just, want to do? Just what for do the record, it do, has Connor? to be a one-year deal, too. You can't use this exemption for any multi-year deal. Um, it has to be for only a one-year thing. So what I want them to do is... is Obviously, I would want them to not use this exemption because that would communicate to me that they think MPJ has a good chance of coming back. But if he doesn't, I mean, I, I, what I want them to do is based off of what they truly believe MPJ is going to do, which, which is what they're going to do. They're going to evaluate that and say, hey, do we really think he has a good chance of coming back or not? And they're going to act accordingly, right? So I, I think more than, more than what I want, it's just going to be an indicator to us in the, in the coming months as to where he's really at with that recovery Well, process. he's important, so we'll see. He is. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on that. Uh, one last piece of Nuggets news. To the chagrin of some and to the elation of others, Facundo Campazzo has been officially benched for the last two games. Uh, Bones What's Highland, his first name? Facundo. Facundo. Now, now f- drop the dough. What's it? Facu. No, Facu. Facun. No, Facun. Oh. Yes. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Look at you there. Yeah, my, my daughter, my daughter who's nine, says, oh, what's that guy's name again? I, I don't want to say it because I'm afraid I'm going to say something bad. <laughs> Immediate grounding. <laughs> Immediate uh, trouble. So, so Facundo Campazzo has, has, you know, we've said on this show, I, I'm a fan of his, but he's been playing really bad basketball. He's not looked good at all. Um, he has been benched in favor of Bones Highland, who is actually – taken over has taken over for two games the the legitimate starting or backup point guard role rather um and that's a big step i mean that is something that michael malone is not known for he does not play rookies in roles like that and he also traditionally has really appreciated the role of a true backup point guard right and so somebody like a faku uh absolutely plays into what michael malone looks for he wants someone to be a general out there right uh, or monte morris is like a perfect backup point guard for him so the fact that he put bones highland in there i think speaks volumes to where i mean either how desperate michael malone is to change things up or um even more likely how his confidence has grown in bones and in those two games bones has played great i mean i think it says less about faku more as it does about bones i think i said it at the beginning of the year really tall athletic combo guy a guy you can plug and play in different spots i know michael malone doesn't necessarily like that but you know faku's limited and i think that's the reality i think the I think Bones is the kind of guy that when you watch him play, you don't have to force him into any sort of role. He can sort of let the game come to him where Faku is is, is limited and and he's a weak he's weakness on on D. Uh, you've got to you know put help over there. So I think Bones is the guy that gives you a little bit more flexibility in what you want to do. You mean Faku Faku's weakness on D? I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, Composo's a little bit weaker on D. You have to shade help over there. He doesn't have as much length in him at all. So yeah, he's less of an NBA player. I mean, it's fantastic that he plays in the league, but I think Bones is more of a traditional NBA player. And again, obviously, he's really small. 
and he'll get bigger. But and, and I think I, it's just a guy you can do more with, and especially on offensive sets too. So I, I like I like what you're saying there in terms of saying what it says about Bones because uh, earlier in the year, Michael Malone actually was on record saying, "Hey." Bones just doesn't know the offense yet. Like he's he literally doesn't even know the plays. So I think I think the fact that he's in there playing shows and Michael Malone actually praised him after the last game said, uh, look at what Bones is doing. He's out there getting everyone organized. He's communicating. He's I mean, that is what Michael Malone wants in a backup point guard, right? So uh you know, kudos to him. He also just uh, uh Under Armour actually just signed Bones to an endorsement deal. How are you so. not gonna sign a guy with the name Bones? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and then, and then every time he shoots it from like half court, you can call it the boneyard. It's, what the, it's, <laughs> it's what like having calling, the first name so. Steel. Yeah, Rock Johnson. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Bones. It's much better than Nashawn, although I like that name too. Yeah, yeah. It's better. So, it's way better than Connor. <laughs> that's that is true. Yes, <laughs> or Tyler Connor Bones. <laughs> yeah. So congrats to him on the Under Armour deal. I think that's that's pretty cool. That that yeah yeah. There you go. I like the applause right there. So, uh, yeah, we're excited to see what Bones... You know, real quick before we get off the Nuggets, though, I want to ask you, Nick, because uh, you watch a lot of Nuggets as well. Nick but- is our Nugs guy. <laughs> well, you guys are both questionable. Yeah. yeah. You're our Avs guy. I'm the Avs guy. We, we like us some, some Nuggets. <laughs> so, uh, in the, and I touched a little bit on this last week, right? Um, in the playoffs, okay, rotations shrink to about eight. Right. And so right now, let's just assume MPJ doesn't come back. Let's take him out of the mix. Okay. Who do you anticipate being the three guys on the bench for the Nuggets come playoff rotation? Like I said last week, it depends on how they feel about Jamal. But I think Bones, I, I don't know. I think you've got to put Jeff Green out there. Well, he'll be starting if MPJ yeah, is not back. That's true. I, I really like Bones. And I think you've got to go Jamichael Green. And then I guess it depends on what you do with Boogie and, and how they feel well, about Boogie. you got to put Monte Morris in there if MPJ's back. Well, if, not MPJ. I mean, if, if Murray's back. I, I, it just, it's hard to answer that question without mm-hmm. knowing well, All where right. Jamal's well, at. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll come back with it. I, I, what I could see, because I put some thought into that, what I could see the Nuggets doing is having uh, uh, Monte Morris and then having a, like a, um, Austin Rivers, possibly, and right I there. I don't particularly care for Austin Rivers. Yeah, no. He's fine. I don't know. He's just not a guy that you want in in, in any sort of... He's not a guy that if you're down, you, you need him in there. Mm. That's, that's a guy, if you're up, he's in there, he can play his role. But I don't think that's a guy that can help you know, I, I don't know, get you back or at least keep the game close. But anyways, regardless, right. well, we'll see. And then, and then I think, I honestly think that third spot will kind of be based on matchup. I mean, it could be a boogie. It could be a bones. It could be, uh, it could be Bryn Forbes in there. Oh yeah. Um, I forgot we had Bryn Forbes right, too. So, so I, think, kind of I, totally I think it's going to be a tough decision for, for Michael Malone, but obviously a long ways well, off. Like, so like we'll, I said last week, it, it gives Malone options on who you're going to start. It depends. Are the nugs down with the second unit? How much do you play Bryn Forbes? No so, um, I, I just think it depends on, on He's what you're playing. Nice by the way, been playing better been since playing last good. week, yeah. Yeah, H- had some shots falling, so yeah. it's good to see. Anyways, like where the Nuggets are at right now, but uh, we're running up against this. So without further ado, let's let's go to our trivia. Tyler's got some kind of... We don't even know, folks. Me and Nick have no idea what this is about. Well, so. I'm going to put my Alex Trebek hat on here. Nick, do we have any kind of... Oh my gosh, we do. We have music. Oh. Welcome into <laughs> Trivia on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. On today's show, we've got two worthy contestants. We've got to my right, producer Nick, and to my left, host Connor. Now, here's how today's game works. We're going to give... <laughs> yeah, I love the round of applause there. Yeah, it's a golf clap. Yeah, exactly. So on today's show, we're going to give 
Uh, let's see here. We're going to give some Denver sports trivia. Ooh. Yes, exactly. Right, right up our show. Alley, right? Right up there the alley. Go. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to let you guys know the question. And if you need, I will then give you multiple choice. If you do not need, it will be the quickest to answer or... We'll, no see how, we'll see how it goes. No yeah. All right. <laughs> Question number one. And you know what? You guys have to wait till I finish. There's no speed here. Okay? No speed. Wait till I finish. Question one. Who is the Broncos owner? Excuse me. Who is the first owner of the Denver Broncos to have won a Super Bowl? Uh, who Pat is Bowen. the first owner of the Broncos to have won a Super Bowl? Pat Bowen. No. Is, God, is it? Is it? Nick says Pat Bowen. Connor says, is it? <laughs> no, I mean, he answered first, so tell me, is, is it true or not? It's Pat Bowen. Oh, man. One I thought you were trying to correct us over here. Joke. This is a God. joke. 1-0 wow. for Nick. All right. Hey, underrated. Question number two. Who was the first Colorado Rockies player ever to get a RBI? I'm going to say Dante Bichette. Uh, I'm going to say, wow, that's a good one. I would have said Dante Bichette too, but I'm gonna go. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Nathy Perez. Uh, the other three answers. Yeah. Okay. Eric Young. Yeah. Let's go. Eric Young. I'll take Eric Young. Producer Nick, Dante Bichette, mm. and you get extra points because you didn't see the uh, other answers. This game's mm. a joke. Okay. Man, Next question. Nick's getting it this time. The former University of Colorado. Let's go, Buffs. Former University of Colorado. Athlete who played in the pros and Cornell now. Stewart. Oh, you gotta wait till he finishes. Shoot. All right. Nick is now exempt from answering. He is disqualified. <laughs> and Connor, you get to hear the rest of the answer. Oh, excellent. Played in the pros and now coaches in high school for Colorado. He has coached Arvada West, Chatfield, and Cherry Creek to high school ah. state championships. Who is this player? Dave Logan? Correct, Connor. Dave Logan Ooh. to make it a nice. tie game. Next question. It's not a tie it's game. Not it's not 2-1, one, but yeah. 2-1. Right. We get you. We're, we're on it. We're on it. My Alex Trebek needs a little polishing. RIP to Alex Trebek. Hope you're playing along at home. Okay. Next answer, or next question. The former arena of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche is called... McDiggles Arena. Uh, he oh. didn't finish. You have to... It's, it is, is? A, that is a tie. Yes. You both get McNichols. <laughs> Arena. Next question. Now, I think this may be the differentiator. In 2001, the University of Colorado Buffaloes, the Golden Buffaloes, won <laughs> this guy over here. the Big 12 championship against who? Nebraska. I have no In idea. In 2001. I have no idea. The Buffs no won clue. the Big 12 championship against Nick, get who? Get your hands off your Nick, computer. Texas, off. Texas A&M, <laughs> Nebraska, which we know is not true, or Oklahoma. Texas. Texas. Oh, true. Man. Oh, man. We beat there the Longhorns in 2001 in the Big 12 Championship. Okay, next question. Oh, this is a good one. Name the coach to win the first two Division II National Basketball cha- uh, Championships for a Colorado school. The first coach to win two Division II titles at a Colorado school. Was it Mike Dunlap, Jim Davis, Mitch Ryder, or David Robinson? Mitch Ryder. Mike Dunlap. Yeah. Jim Mike Dunlap. Davis. <laughs> it was... Mike Dunlap. 
actually, Nick, you got it right. It was Mike Dunlap. One. Hey, look at this. The He's first giving him answers over here. Final question. Yeah. Oh, actually, we have. This is a blowout. We have one more, but if there's a tie, I've, I've got an extra game. There will there not be no a tie. tie. Unless what? this one's worth three. What <laughs> not? This okay. is easy if you know. What position did Broncos legend Tom Jackson play? Linebacker. Linebacker, yeah. Connor gets it first for linebacker. Now we go to the bonus rounds. We're in overtime. No coin flips here. Okay, no coin flips here in overtime. There's not three answers I can do? This is a good one, okay? What actor became the first male cheerleader ever? Oh, Robin. Oh, for the Broncos. Robin Williams. Nick wins. He didn't Nin- finish. It <laughs> doesn't matter. 1979, Robin Williams came on to Mile High Stadium as a fun act, and he took it way too far. He confused Broncos execs. He confused like the cheerleading organizer who was like guiding him. He did his own thing. He went out there, got the pom-poms, and did a Robin Williams dance. He was the first male cheerleader ever for the Broncos. I was at the game. Were you there, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Producer Nick. You were there. You get the win. I was there. Oh, nice. Good job, guys. No, I was not. Good job. All right. Hey, I, I you know... I've won so many of these against Nick uh-huh. that I just have to, uh, every once in a while, just throw a bone. Exactly. You know? That's why they keep coming. All right. Well, with that, we will uh, call it a day. We are excited to have Jared back next week. Thank each and every one of you for joining us today on this Groundhog's Day Eve. For Connor Holzkamp, Nick Sopris, and Tyler Walgie, we will see you next week. Nick Sopris, trivia winner. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>